The following podcast contains spoilers for Leaving Las Vegas. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. I'm your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Mugusto. Mm-hmm. What, what accent was that? Japanese? Uh, Vietnamese, actually. Vietnamese? Oh, okay, yeah. okay. How you doing? A little, little bit of slang in there, too. How you doing? Uh, not bad, my friend. I'm doing my my damnedest in this plague of a corona that is. Mm-hmm. It's, you know? It continues. It, it continues. is uh, still going. I, I hope. I'm beginning to think it will never end, but uh, we'll Honestly, see. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping it doesn't. <laughs> you know? We'll see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the coronavirus and having nothing to do but stay at home and watch movies, have you watched any movies this week, Glenn? I feel like, you know you know how, like, when you know how you're at, like, a baseball game and you just want to hit that home run for your dad and you just want to make him proud? That's how I'm feeling right now. I've watched three movies besides Leaving Las Vegas. Whoa. And I just, I just want to make you proud. Whoa. I just want to make you proud. That's one less than I watched on Saturday. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what, what, what three let's movies see what we watched. Sorry, that was a dick move. <laughs> no, no, no. It was fine. Three, three is great for it. you. Three is great for you. What what, uh, what movies? Um, so I watched The Spectacular now, um, okay. which... Uh, is directed by James Ponsolt. Mm-hmm. I doubt that's the accent you have to do when you say his name, but it uh, stars Miles Teller, Shailene Woodley, Brie Larson, and a bunch of other people in there. Um, and distributed by A24. And, I was about to say, and yeah. distributed by our favorite peoples. Um, yeah. I, I actually loved that movie a lot. I have to rewatch it. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. Uh, I remember being slightly underwhelmed, but you know how expectations can fool yeah. you like that so now that i'm a little bit removed from it i do want to check it out and see if i uh have kinder eyes towards it yeah um yeah. it kind of gets lost in the movies such as like fault in our stars and stuff like that because obviously it's shaylene shaylene woodley and it's a love story so yeah uh saw a lot about that but i wanted to give it five stars but i gave it a four and a half um and all i'm saying is get get you a girl that is shaylene woodley in this movie that's all I'm saying. In that movie. In that movie, yes. Otherwise, you'll be eating clay. I don't know um, what she like. <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. I'm sure she's fine, but uh, she eats clay. Does she not, really? Not like a lot, but like she's like, one of those people that thinks thing? it has like nutritional, apparently. And and I'm not just like saying I read an article. Like I watched an interview where she said she eats clay um, for uh, healing purposes or some shit like that. But, uh, you know, she's allowed to. It's a free country. She can do what she hey, wants. Hey, listen, essential oils, you know, we're moving on. But <laughs> when you are in a relationship, you tend to eat the things that your significant other eats. And That's I don't want to eat clay, so. That is true. Yeah. What, what else do you watch? Uh, the next one up is My Girl, which uh, is a little bit of a 90s movie there. Mm-hmm. for Macaulay any, Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. Um, for anyone who doesn't know the movie all you need to hear is one line uh he can't see without his glasses and boom (laughs) and Um, i'm in love with the teacher who's 30 years older than me yeah so (laughs) i I really i really didn't like this movie i gave it a higher score than i actually wanted to give it i gave it a two and a half you gave into peer pressure well 
I, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment I on think it at it's, all. But. It's not a bad movie, but they do so much that takes away from, the, especially that big scene where, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, for somebody who's, you know, over fuck, 29 years old or under 29 years old, um, Macaulay Culkin dies. And the little little girl, she's upset. That was her best friend. He can't see with his eyes glasses, you know? And But, mm-hmm. like, that scene gets taken away from... She runs away and then runs to her old teacher that she's madly in love with, and she goes and confesses her love for that guy in less than two minutes flat. Yeah. <laughs> like, completely takes away from that whole yeah. powerful yeah, they, scene. They really... Happened. I mean, I, I, I saw that clip, and they really kind of took away from that moment by cutting away from her in the funeral home. And also, like, uh, I know bees are, like, valuable, but fuck those bees, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, he, what, he, did he, did he Oh, yeah, no, nah, he it? fucked with it. Yeah, yeah, fuck they, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, fuck Macaulay, he, he busted up the hive before, and then also, he, like, came back later and got bitch slapped by some bees. Also, if you're being attacked by bees, run. Well, that was the thing. In the movie, they run away from the bees after they knock the hive down, and they jump into water. So not only did he learn from the experience, he didn't learn from the experience because his ass died by bees. They they foreshadowed that he would learn, and then he didn't. And And spoilers for for my girl, apparently. Um, Although, (laughs) like like you said, if you haven't at least heard of my girl, like I haven't seen it, but I knew how it ended. Yeah. um, Then... You've been living under a rock. I mean, other than the kids' story, I didn't give a hell about any of the movie. Yeah. But, and then they did shit with the kids' stories where, like, even the things that were happening to the kids didn't matter. But, whatever, that was my girl. I didn't enjoy it that much. And the last movie I watched was Babel. Ooh, I've been meaning to watch that. I own it on Blu-ray and been meaning to watch it since I got it on Blu-ray, like, five years ago. (laughs) Yeah. So, it's directed by... uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Inyorutu. I never took Spanish in my life besides for two years. Me neither. Um, Brad Pitt, uh, Kate Blanchett. There's a whole bunch of people in this movie. Elle yeah. Fanning's even in it. Um, so what a solid movie. If you like Crash, which I know me and Mike do. Um, I, it gets a bad rap. I don't think it deserved the best picture, but it, a lot yeah. of people hate on it just because it got best picture. And didn't really deserve it. Yeah, if you like but. Crash, you're more than likely going to love this movie. Yeah. It's crazy how one item can fuck up, like, multiple people's lives. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, um, I mean, it's not... The topic is a gun. It yeah. just... Uh, it's it's a crazy movie. Huge domino effect and all that. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Everybody's performances were great. And that's that's uh, the last of the movies that I saw. Yeah, I'll have to check that out, seeing Absolutely. as how I own it. <laughs> you own it and didn't watch it? Yeah, I bought it five years ago and still haven't watched uh, it. That's, I, can't, um, I can't. The runtime has been the thing that's been in the way. It, yeah, was it, like it, three it was hours? a really long runtime. Yeah. Uh, well, I watched, uh, including Leaving Las Vegas, six movies. Um, the first one that's not Leaving Las Vegas that I watched is Akira. Uh, which Ooh. is that anime movie um, from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called like the god of anime movies. Yeah, it's uh, typically known as the best animated film of all time. I will say this. It is the anime film that I enjoyed the most out of all of them that I've seen. Yeah. But because of its... its um, It definitely what, needs an update. Yeah. I mean, Taika Waititi is directing a live-action version. Yeah. Um, 
But I forgot about that. I'm being honest. But uh, given its reputation, it only solidified the fact that I really don't like anime. Like yeah. I enjoyed this. I'm not saying I didn't like it, but I just, for the most part, just didn't care. Yeah. Like it was. It was enough to entertain me, but not enough for me to be like, oh yeah, I want to watch that again. Um, and again, that's not on the movie itself. That's just my my feelings towards anime in general. Uh, it's it's good. Most people I'll, will I'll probably never love push it, you towards it. I'll never push you towards wanting to like anime, but I yeah. want to find at least one good one that you will enjoy. We'll, we'll find and out. Akira is it's not my favorite animated film yeah. either, um, but I really do enjoy it for its story. It's very mm-hmm. vulgar and. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's bonkers. Um, yeah. Like I could I could see if it were American, if Nick Cage being in it. Oh god, Nick Cage <laughs> and Michael Bay drawing. Yeah. Uh, then I watched a movie uh, called Fury, which is not the Brad Pitt one. It is a mm. 1936 Fritz Lang movie, um, which is about a guy who uh, a town attempts to lynch because he they suspected that he kidnapped and murdered a woman. Um. But he did not, and he lives, and then decides to bring back his furious rage back on the town, and have them all hanged for killing him. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Then I watched a movie uh, about the Irish Revolution called Michael Collins, uh, starring Liam Neeson and uh, a whole bunch of other people. Um, Julie Julie Roberts Julia Roberts is in it, um, and yeah, it's just made me proud to be Irish. And well, just looking at Liam Neeson makes me proud to be Irish. Oh yes, yes. Every time I wanted to go back to Ireland, they they filmed in so many places that I went to when I visited there in October. And isn't that always wanted... a nice feeling watching a movie and be like, I was there. Yeah, there, there are so many scenes that happen in front of. I think it's called the Trinity College, mm-hmm. and we literally, when we were in Dublin, we went there every day because that's essentially like where the hub of their tourism is. Yeah. Is right outside the Trinity College, so. I was just like, I know where you guys are right now. Yeah. I, I was, like doing that with New York and, uh, and Vegas. And Philly, yeah, Philly yeah. too. Like, when, like, I know where the fuck you are. Like a law-abiding citizen every time. Like even the obscure ones, like when they were under a bridge, I was like, I know what bridge you're under mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> uh, then I watched two Ing- Ingmar Bergman movies because um, I have that, that box set and just trying to get through them. No, I'm saying that like I'm not enjoying them. You know, now's a perfect time to do it. So yeah, there's 39 of them. I'm six in. So holy crap! Uh, I watched Two Joy, um, which is a movie about the uh, two musicians who fall in love and they're tumultuous. Is that the right word? It can be. They're they're rocky relationship. I mean, it is a word. I just don't know if it's the word I want to use. Um, and then a movie called Summer Interlude, which is about a ballerina who is reminiscing on her first love. And, you know, Ingmar Bergman really knows how to do depressing without it being, like, moody. Yeah. I mean, it's moody, but not, like, emo, you know? Like, really depressing. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Uh, those are the movies I saw this week. Uh, you know, I'm always going to have a lot, especially not, in these not times. Not too shabby, Mike. I was yeah. expecting a little bit more, you know. Yeah. My total movie count for the year is 69. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Because <laughs> it's one away from seven. It's not bad in April um, so far. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and let's let's get into some movie news. Uh, I know you said you don't have any news. I only have one thing I want to go over. Okay. Uh, there have been reports uh, that AMC theaters may not recover from this shutdown and just stay closed. Um, yeah, I uh, I'll be honest. I got a little scared when I saw that article too. Yeah, I think Regal is managed better. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm because they closed down, like AMC held on to their dying breath to close down because I yeah. think they knew that it would end them. Where Regal like closed down before it was even like a state order. They closed every single theater in the country before it was a even Pennsylvania state order. Uh, so I I feel like they're better prepared for this kind of thing than AMC was. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of glad because I hate AMC. Yeah. Um. You know, the only reason I ever went there is because they had their uh, subscription service before Regal did. Before Regal jumped on it. Yeah. And the second, and I tell you, the second I saw that Regal had theirs. I canceled my AMC one and signed up for Regals. Like that's how much I don't like AMC. Yeah, See, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I actually liked AMCs, especially when I was living in Virginia. They there was one like five minutes down the road, and I got really cheap tickets in the mornings when I wasn't they, working well, at Regal. That that they do better. They do ticket prices better. And However, it was, it was also more location was better because yeah. all the Regals where I lived were at least half an hour in each yeah. direction. The um. But like AMC's are just they they really leaned hard into the dining service, yeah, which did. Regal didn't do. I still don't know of it. I know there are some, but I still don't know of a single Regal dining location. Um, I don't either. And and AMC like transitioned all of theirs to dining, except which, for the one that I was going to. Yeah, which is like I mean it's good for a lot Rare. of people because people like that. But like yeah, that's not that's not going to the movies. That's going to a dinner where you don't want to talk to people. That's a dinner and a show. That's a movie tavern for us. Yeah, which you know, I don't like movie taverns either. But uh, I, I could was, go on. It was an AMC. experience. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> It is sad that a lot of people are probably going to lose their jobs about it, but yeah. I am glad because I like Regals, and that's hey, not just because I work into for them a for bunch of Regals. Yeah, I mean, what does it say about Regal? Where I worked for them for twelve years and still prefer them. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, that's the only movie news. Hopefully, I do kind of hope they do recover, um, just because, as selfish as it sounds, that means Regals will be more. <laughs> busy <laughs> yeah but uh you know it, it is what it is L- let's hope that this thing f- fixes itself soon if people fucking start taking it seriously yeah if, well just, we uh not that long ago we passed japan or whoever at the in italy and all that yeah, so we got a lot of fucking idiots all over here. oh dude america's filled with the brim with dum-dums filled with dum-dums no, anyway I'm not talking about no lollipop so with that being said let's talk about dum-dums in the movie Leaving Las Vegas. We're gonna let you go, okay? Okay. What are you gonna do now? I thought I'd move out to Las Vegas. My heart is crying, crying. I just need some cash tonight. Please, don't drink it in here. Ben wasn't looking for a fresh start. 500. $500 for a 93 Rolex Daytona. I'll do it. He wasn't looking for any trouble. I was wondering if you would buy me a drink. Do you mind if I buy her a drink? (sighs) And he wasn't trying to fall in love. I really wish you'd come home with me. You're so cute. And I'm really good in bed, too, believe me. No? Okay. But now, on the road to nowhere, he's about to take a detour. Hi, are you working? 
Working? What do you mean working? I'm walking. It's pretty funny. If you'll come to my room for one hour, I will give you $500. Directed by Mike Figgis, written by John O'Brien, or it's based on a novel by John O'Brien and written by Mike Figgis, starring Nicolas Cage, Elizabeth Shue, Julian Sands, and Richard Lewis. Uh, Leaving Las Vegas is about Ben Sanderson, a Hollywood screenwriter who lost everything because of his alcoholism, arrives in Las Vegas to drink himself to death. There he meets and forms an uneasy friendship of uh, and non-interference pact with prostitute Sarah, spelled S-E-R-A, which they try to make relevant, but is never really relevant. Um, this won Nick Cage an Oscar uh, for Best Lead Actor. And uh, I'm just going to start this off by saying I can see where people liked it, but it did not age well at all. Um, I don't think it ever aged well to start with. Well, for I mean, me, at least. Let's 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 put it this way. This was a world that didn't really know the mind of Nick Cage. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people now understand Nick Cage is just chewing the scenery in every single movie he's in, which is fine. There's a market for that. He he makes money. He does it well. He's entertaining to watch. But I think people mistook that for him being a – I don't want to sound too mean to him, but for him being like a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Um like he's not he's not bad. He's not He's he's a good if if part if the parts that he were cast for were written around him and how he acts, he'd yeah. be a phenomenal actor, but if he's playing who like for instance in this film who he's playing some alcoholic who's just trying to die. Um Yeah. It's laughable really. It's yeah, it's just a joke because and at one point he falls on a table and just yells, "I'm a prickly pear." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, just, it's very he's very wacky. And like from a for a standpoint, you could see because he's an alcoholic, he's just kind of kooky. But no, it's mm. whenever I saw that, I saw Nick Cage. But I, if you were new to Nick Cage, that you'd probably relate to that more, just him being drunk. But yeah, definitely, that's, that's his character in almost every movie he's in. It's just wacky. Mm-hmm. But this was nominated for three more yeah. uh, Oscars: uh, Best Actress and a Leading Role for Elizabeth Shue. That I can kind of see. She's still kind of flat, but at least she has an arc. Like yeah, Nick Cage I, I, doesn't have an arc at all. I liked um, her and didn't in this movie at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's really back and forth. Then for director Mike Figgis, which I think is an atrocity because yep. it is, in my opinion, terribly made. And then best writing, and again, terribly Bad. written. Uh, and that's for based on material previously produced and published. Um, so I don't really know what collectively was going on with people mm-hmm. uh, in, in 1995, well, 96. What was, what was its competition? Uh, that's a good question. Let's look it up. Um, so in 96, the Oscars in 96, which is when they would award the 95 movies, uh, for leading actor, you have Anthony Hopkins and Nixon, Massimo Troisi and Il Postino, Richard Dreyfuss and Mr. Holland's Opus, and Sean Penn and Dead Man Walking. Uh, I've only seen clips of Sean Penn and Dead Man Walking, and he's really good in that. The other three I haven't seen anything of. Um, then you have, uh, let's see, an actress in a leading role. You have Susan Sarandon, Dead Man Walking, which uh, Elizabeth Shue lost to. Emma Thompson, Sense and Sens- Sensibility. Meryl Streep in The Bridges of Madison County. And Sharon Stone in Casino. Uh, what else you got? These are all pretty strong leading ladies there, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, director, you have Mel Gibson in Braveheart, who won it. Uh, then Chris Noonan in Babe. Um, 
Michael Radford and Il Postino, Mike Figgis in Leaving Las Vegas, of course, and Tim Robbins in Dead Man Walking. Um, I really want to see Dead Man Walking now. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> and then screenplay. Best writing screenplay based on material previously produced or published. You have uh, Sense and Sensibility. Emma Thompson won the Oscar for that. Uh, Apollo 13, Babe, which was written by our boy George Miller. <laughs> oh, boy, I love him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, s- s- such a range he has. And then Il Postino. And then, of course, Leaving Las Vegas. Um, so, I mean, it, it it had competition. But, like, I feel like there were probably better movies in 95 that would have deserved things. Um, yeah. I understand Nick Cage being nominated since this was kind of towards the beginning of his career. I mean, he, he didn't really break in until Raising Arizona. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know that for sure, but, like, that's the first time that, like, people, I feel, began to notice him. Yeah, he leaped um, to the fame. More yeah, than... that, was in, that was in 1987, and then people kind of more or less forgot about him other than the few movies that, you know, stuck out and uh then 95 is when this came out so i can see people not really getting the sense of who he is mm-hmm. and again i don't want to shit on nicholas cage i like no, Nicolas he's cage. fantastic but like i said he needs parts for him to be a phenomenal yeah. actor to like, be molded around him i feel if this movie had like a sean penn or uh like a brad pitt i think brad pitt would have been great mm-hmm. in this kind of role he he's always good at like the the roles where he's kind of a likable asshole in a way. Um, but yeah, my instead biggest of problem, eating everything in every, every scene, he could just drink everything in every scene. <laughs> exactly. My biggest problem with this movie is the writing. There is zero arc for Nicolas Cage. He's the same yeah. person at the beginning as he is at the end. There's no change at all. The only difference is that he has someone who he's attracted to and wants to tell his story to. Yeah. But literally, there's no other change. Mm-hmm. And... Elizabeth Shue has somewhat of a change, but, like, you're not shown how she responds to what happens in the events of this movie. I mean, you know, we said spoilers, so Nicolas Cage ends up dying of of his alcoholism. Yep. You know, he's... he's Which is what he went to Vegas to do. He wanted yeah. to die drinking. And it's... I understand the whole thing is about them having a non-interference relationship... But that kind of boxes you into a corner. Each scene becomes the same. You mm-hmm. know, you think you think that he's going to learn from his lesson, and then he just doesn't. And then she does nothing to help him. Uh, he does nothing to help her. There's, and I, I guess in a way that is kind of reality, but not not in a way that got them as close as they are together. Yeah. Like if they were just acquaintances, there'd which, be one thing. But yeah. like they they became at a, I would say a point a relationship. Um, yeah. Even like, if he was trying to die, like he still like wanted to be with her. Yeah, and she wanted to be with him too. And it's just it's it's just dumb. And I feel like the fact that she's a prostitute is completely gratuitous. Well, like it would have made sense at the end if like he he died and then like she wanted to change what she was doing but i don't even think she did that at the end i mean they don't continue the movie after yeah they, that, they, really. they literally dies and then that's the yeah movie. which is so dumb because they have sex while he's dying and then he just looks in, in the camera and goes wow wow 
which is so fucking stupid. Uh, granted, that is the one thing that I feel like might have started with this movie and then has been parodied and reused over time. So I don't know for sure, but like, what is it, 25 years later, that just came off as super cheesy. Yeah. Um, so again, it's one of those things where in the moment it might have been super powerful, but right now it's like we've seen stuff like that so many times where it's just it's not impactful anymore it's kind of a joke at this point yeah this this movie this movie can be rough um it was for me like i didn't want to pay attention i know i had to but i didn't want to pay attention the first at least hour and then when i finally was paying attention like fully um it just was terrible yeah (laughs) honestly not fun yeah i was looking forward to this movie until that first scene yep that first scene where he gets money from a friend, but like he's super drunk and wasted. Like when when that happened, I was like, okay, we're in for a long yeah. time right now. And, and was it clear? It, it obviously, like I just said, I like I wanted to pay attention, but like it was hard to in the beginning. Was it clear that he was a Hollywood screenwriter? Um, obviously that didn't seem to matter. It was just him getting. Fun. He just seemed like some pencil pusher or something like that yeah i mean i it's kind of complicated because he's got a lot of paper and folders and everything around him but i mean it's never clear so like you didn't know what he seemed to be doing he might have been a um i forget what the industry term is but essentially they take scripts and spruce them up yeah uh it's not the term's not fixer, but I or it might be fixer. I don't remember. It's something. But yeah, we're like because other than that, screenwriters aren't really like payroll people for studios. Uh, I mean they they have they have payroll people who go through scripts and kind of twerk uh, tweak them to make them better. I must have twerk them. They twerk, mm, that's they a whole them. different video. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it just kind of seemed. And, and I mean, I, I get it because most people don't know that that's not how screenwriters work, but mm-hmm. it, it was extremely vague, and I, I kind of expected more of a, of a clear representation of what he was doing. Granted, that doesn't really matter in the long run, but it's it, – it, it, at that point, why is he a screenwriter? Why doesn't he – like, because then you expect it to come up at later where he, like, writes something and finds a new life, but it's yeah. just it's just kind of nothing – at that point and yeah it just becomes uh he got he gets fired he goes to vegas he wants to die that's his literal arc it honestly and i know i say this a lot uh, maybe not on here but i say it to you a lot it felt like it was written by a college student (laughs) um yes and i i only use that with you a lot because i went to film school and i've seen even the stuff that I wrote back then, I've seen like I went to this college where everyone had to try something once. And when we had screenwriting class, every single script except for mine was essentially like like uh, a a uh, a depressed writer <laughs> drinks himself to death while talking to a barkeep about his problems and then kills himself at the end. That was did you essentially just give away the plot to leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> I I did, yeah. Damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's just such a a college cliche. Yeah, you actually did that very recently. I can't remember the movie, but it was pretty funny. Was I, like I, college I just, kid wrote it, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's my go-to just because I have that experience in my mm. life, and 
I know all the, and I'm not saying that I'm a much better writer, but like but you in, are <laughs> in in my college class. Most people were there to be like directors of photographies, directors, yeah. Uh, and I wanted to be a writer director. Like I didn't really care about the camera. Like I cared about the camera, but I still am not that great with the camera. I cared more about writing and directing. So like when that class came around, a lot of people sent me their scripts to kind of give notes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I read a lot of my friends, and and they were good for people who didn't consider themselves writers. It's just they were filled with cliches. Which you know, if you're just trying to get through a class, sure. Write all the cliches you want. Get through it. Get the uh, B or A or whatever, and then move forward. But like, if you're gonna make a, a goddamn movie, like, change it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, it was very rough. The only thing that really kept me going is was the relationship and hoping that it would get um, better. Yeah. Um, because although, and I, I don't want to trash talk Elizabeth Shue either. Uh, she was she was great, but she was very dry in most parts. Yeah. And I don't know if that was her character just being kind of like a, just kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she had enough there to work with to be more entertaining. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, she was in the, the little bit of the beginning, and then she just became like clingy and emotionless. How do you do that at the same time? That is a good question. <laughs> no, it, like you could see right, that, like, that her character loved Nicolas Cage, but like the way she gave it off at the same time didn't seem to. Yeah. Like she, she spent like the last act of the movie acting like she wanted to say something, but wasn't. Yeah. Which is only interesting for so long. Like it it was interesting for the first scene that they did that kind of interesting for the second scene. They did that. Then they did it for a third scene and a fourth scene and a fifth scene. And it just got old. It just, they didn't change the dynamic enough throughout this entire movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a, it was pretty much just, a long flat note for the entire runtime uh and i'm not, i'm not saying like i'm not going to come out here and just say this is a bad movie um i i know everyone has their different opinions i could begin to see why this would speak to some uh and not us yeah um but i i am more or less baffled that it got such wide accolades for uh in, in 96 dur- during that uh award season um it just it just didn't do it for me and like it was there was enough there to make me want to keep watching i guess but overall i, I would rather watch something else and i had high hopes for this like i said until the very first scene and then i was like oh boy yeah there <laughs> there was when i was trying to go on to pluto tv um there was a movie plan i think was it the Royal Affair with Moss Mickelson and uh, what was her name? Alicia. Um, she Vikander? was in Ex Machina. What's Alicia Vikander? Yeah, that's it. Thank God. I was going to say Vicarda. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but yeah, there's that movie. And I'm like, oh, this has got two great actors in it. I kind of want to watch that. But mm-hmm. lo and behold, I watched Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. I did it. And the music in it was so overbearing. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't fit. It was mixed terribly. Like, I, I'm not an audio person, but I can mix it better than that was That was mixed. Like, it was like this, try to make it feel like a noir, but it wasn't. Yeah, I hate that I, I don't know if it's like my TV or whatnot, but I have to put subtitles on everything. This was, this movie was the worst of them all. 
yeah. for sure. But like I put on, I've been putting subtitles on everything. I think it's because I also watch these movies at four in the morning. And I don't want to put it on too loud. That and you're getting old too. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> the cold hard truth comes at me yeah. again. <laughs> I mean, even with my surround sound, I still put on subtitles just in case I miss something. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I don't need get, to. You but. get more out of the scene when you're like reading what's actually yeah. happening because there then, could be people in the background talking to you that could help with the scene. Yeah, definitely. And then the last thing I put was I hate freeze frames. Um, yep. There's this fucking terrible freeze frame. I was really hoping they weren't going to do a freeze frame and then they did a freeze frame. <laughs> and Glenn, let me just say this. If I ever end a movie in a freeze frame, just kill me right then and there. I don't think you have that in you, but I will. I don't. We'll unless you on the unless spot. it was for a joke. Yes. If it was for a joke, I would. For, if it was for something like Mormons are coming or something like that. Yeah. That'd be really funny. Yeah. But just if it's, John's decapitated head. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm trying to be serious and and tug at the heartstrings. Yeah. Never. A freeze frame is not the way to do it. I think the only effective freeze frame I've ever seen was in that uh, interrogation, that Australian interrogation movie with um, uh, Hugo Weaving that we oh, watched, yeah, yeah. and that's because he's got a really creepy grin on, not not because it's like sentimental or anything. It just adds to the creep factor. Um, but was yeah, that John Hughes movie where he holds the stereo up too. Was that a freeze frame? It was the eighties, so probably or not the stereo, um, the his fist or whatever when he's walking on the football. Oh uh, no, field. that's Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, no. It doesn't need to be done. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't. I'm gonna love you. I'm Ben. I'm Sarah. So like no brings you to Las Vegas. I came here to drink myself to death. Why don't you stay at my place? Okay. This is the home of an angel. Are you okay? Of course. Wow. You look extremely beautiful. I do. Let's get a drink! I want you to see a doctor. Both know I'm a drunk. <coughs> Nurse! Then I know what you do. Is this a full night's work? I hope you understand that I'm a person who is totally at ease with this. I was really worried about how that would be. No, I'm not. Nicholas Cage. I am not here to force my twisted soul into your life. I'm in love with you. Let's stay for a while. Leaving Las Vegas. So, I guess we're going to get into this judgment here. Uh, yeah, totally. I've got high hopes for this. This could you go got well. high hopes. You know, yeah. Nick Cage is he won an Oscar for it. Uh, it was nominated for three other Oscars. The 90s really seemed to like it. And you know what? I was born in the late 80s and grew up in the 90s. So I'm going to say no, this does not make it onto the shelf. Oh, man. man. Listen, I was born roughly early 90s, you know, and I really have high... This was two years... At, my sister was born this year was made. So I'm definitely going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> you hate your sister. <laughs> so leaving Las Vegas does not make it onto the shelf. I feel like this one's going to be controversial because I know a few people that love this movie. Uh, yeah, this movie is very, my opinion, overhyped. Like yeah, a lot of people I, were saying I agree. this movie is I feel like I, if you see it at the right time, it's probably fine. Yeah. But it just, it did not do it for me. It felt like a bad Lifetime movie. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So. With Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So, with Leaving Las Vegas not making it on the shelf, that brings us to this week's plugs. Uh, my plug for this week is going to be a, a short horror film on the YouTube channel channel called Alter. I believe they do a lot of short horror films on there. But my specific one I'm talking about is called Grief. Uh, it's directed by, written and directed by Brock Bottle or Bodle, uh, and Daniel R. Perry, and is starring Richard Aaron Anderson, Gabriel Burafato, Tyler Cook, and Lindsay Garrett. Uh, and it is about a grieving couple that navigates the mysterious death of their son, and a stranger visits them in the middle of the night to bring their worst fears to a violent and psychedelic climax. I've been consumed with what you two have been going through. And I thought maybe I'd come by and offer some help. Hey, look, no offense, but I don't think we know each other well enough for late night pop-ins. Hey. You still haven't told her, have you? Told her what? That's the truth. Um, if I'm honest, it was a slow start. I was like, okay. It's just kind of trying to create a mood here, and it's, you know, we get it, move on, and yeah. then it gets it gets cooking, and it, 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 I really enjoyed it. Um, the main actor in it, he play he plays Kevin Tyler Cook. Uh, he's got the most soothing voice ever. It was very nice to listen to, even more than mine. Yeah, How and you know, for <laughs> for a short film, it was a really well made and and well acted. Um, so yeah, if, uh, that's going to be grief on the Alter YouTube channel. It actually sounds good. I might check that out. Yeah, you should. It's it's only fourteen minutes long. So. Oh, I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, um, I didn't want to really post another video or song or anything like that. I feel like we do that a lot. Not mm -hmm. like stressing that you shouldn't, but um, I wanted to kind of branch out a little bit. So I went on Etsy. And uh, mm. on Etsy, there's a little little store called Screenplay Junkies, um, and they they post screenplays. I know you said this before with Instagram, where they on Instagram they post the screenplays and stuff like that. Um, but this one has uh, screenplays and then also the signatures on it. But I shall say the signatures are like reprinted, so it's not like the original. Yeah. But regardless, it's their the people's signatures um, only for twenty bucks. Yeah. For twenty bucks, the whole screenplay like there's Jurassic Park, Midsummer, Hereditary, Deadpool, literally almost any huge movie you could imagine. It's all over the place. Cool. And that uh, what was that called again? It is called Screenplay Junkies on Etsy. Screenplay Junkies on Etsy and Grief on the Alter YouTube channel. Those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to our next week's assignment, Glenjamin Button. It is your turn to pick it. What are we watching next week? Okay, I'll give you multiple choice between two Ooh, movies. Ooh, this usually so ends a, terribly. A or, a or B. Uh, so the one movie, unfortunately, we either have to watch it on Crackle or Tubi. I don't know if you have those ones. I don't, but... I have Crackle. Okay, so we could watch it on that. Um, and then the other one is going to be on Hulu, which I already mentioned to you once, so act surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Arm nudge. Um, so... Swingers with Vince Vaughn and uh, John Favreau, directed by Doug Lyman, um, or Dead Man Walking, <laughs> directed by Tim Robbins. Uh, <laughs> it kind of got my kind of got me interested there when we were talking about it there. Yeah. A bit. Uh, well, if I'm honest, I have no interest in seeing Swingers. 
Yeah. Uh, I probably will at some point since you picked it. So I'm going to go with Dead Man Walking this time around. All right. Then uh, Dead Man Crackle. Walking it is. I believe that's free with ads, correct? I also believe so. Yes. Don't know so, for sure. I've never used it in my life. And Well, you, you can watch it. It says it's free. Yeah. So you can watch Dead Man Walking on Crackle. It is free with ads, much like the Pluto TV uh, for Leaving Las Vegas, for those of you who... Uh, we're not able to watch it in time when it was on Amazon Prime. Uh, what is Dead Man Walking about? Oh, man. A nun. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> a nun while comforting a... Cor- <laughs> oh, my fucking God! <laughs> a nun while... Conf- <laughs> Why am I having trouble? Mouth, speak word. <laughs> a nun while comforting a convicted killer on death row sympathizes with both the killer and his victim's families. That felt smooth enough, right? Yeah, that was smooth. Yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah, Good dude. Good job. Uh, it's two hours long. Uh, Dead Man Walking, directed by Tim Robbins, written by uh, Helen Prejean. Uh, she wrote the book, and I would assume she would help write the movie. And and Tim Robbins. Uh, stars Susan Sarandon, Sean Penn, Robert Prosky. Uh, a bunch of more names there. But we know I'm both lazy, and Mike does that better. Yes, and I'm not going to do it for you. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so that is Dead Man Walking on Crackle. Because uh, I really don't want to watch Swingers, and I'm sorry, everybody. Um, That's quite all right. <laughs> but as always, you can visit our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, we are Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. On Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch Dead Man Walking. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, my sweet prince.